Welcome to The Big Why, a series from Montana Public Radio where we find out what we can discover together. I'm your host, Austin Amistoy. This is a show about listener-powered reporting. We'll answer questions, large or small, about anything under the big sky. By Montanans for Montana, this is The Big Why. For this week's episode, reporter John Hooks is back with us. Welcome, John. Thrilled to be back, Austin. So I understand to start things off, you've got a little trip to take us on. Where are we headed? I want you to come along with me to Pipestone. It's on the east end of Homestake Pass, about halfway between Butte and Whitehall. You get off the interstate and you start winding your way along a really rocky dirt road up into the hills. Some helpful signs along the way are pointing the direction. Otherwise, it might be <laughs> might be easy to get lost up here. So how gnarly of a road are we talking about, John? Well, it's rough enough that I felt compelled to park my car and hoof it up for the last stretch. Whew. It's embarrassing to be this out of breath on the radio. And what did you encounter at the end of your arduous journey? Well, I see a big pile of rocks. A big pile of rocks? A big pile of rocks. Okay, so I'm assuming you didn't hike and drive all that way just for a regular old pile of rocks, right? Oh, no, no, no. These are far from ordinary rocks. This pile is a roadside attraction people have been visiting for a long time called the Ringing Rocks. A big heap of boulders that give off a resonant, bell-like ringing sound when struck with metal. At least, theoretically. First strike, first try, with the hammer. That was underwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say I agree with you there, John. I was expecting a stronger sound out of something called the ringing rocks. Oh, me too. Me too. Eventually, I did get some better sounds. I think it's just about finding the right rock. That's better. That's good. That's what I was. That's what I want. So the obvious question that comes to mind here is, why do these rocks make this sound? That is the same question that a listener, Max Maxwell, had. He's been up in Kalispell for about a decade. But the previous 38 years, I lived in Butte. And I'm just curious, what what is it that makes those ring when you hit them with metal? So... John, who out there knows the secret of the ringing rocks? Well, conveniently for us, Butte is full of geologists. So I took a much shorter, easier trip over to Montana Tech and met up with Steve Kwan, a geologist and the director of the Mineral Museum on campus. John. Nice to meet you. you. Seems like the logical place to go. Did Steve have answers for you? He said we have enough evidence for at least a generally accepted scientific hypothesis. So there are two parts to the idea. The first deals with the mineralogy of the rocks. That's the internal composition formed in southwest Montana's volcanic heyday. 75, 80 million years ago around there, lots of eruptions in southwestern Montana, lots of lava flows, explosive eruptions. At the location of the ringing rocks, two different kinds of very thick, viscous lava mixed together under the surface. Kind of like taffy as it moves. So you had two kinds of taffy mixing together. As the lava mixture cooled, it formed this really compact, dense, crystalline rock. And the compact makeup of the rock impacts the sound it makes? Exactly. And Steve helpfully demonstrated why. I've just got a sort of a crystalline rock. 
Is that one of the ringing rocks from the pile? No, it's actually illegal to take those from the pile since it's a protected point of interest, but he got one for us with a similar makeup. You know, you can kind of hit this rock. It gives you a nice solid sound. But if you compare that to, I have here a piece of coal and the coal is much lower density. And so when I hit the coal, you get a thud. Those are pieces falling off as it breaks, <laughs> but you just get a thud. And how does that density affect the sound it makes? Well, it's all about sound waves and how much work they have to do. In the crystalline rock, the sound waves travel more efficiently through the denser rock. In the coal, they have to compress the air in between the grains, and so you get that thud. But you said there were two parts to this hypothesis. What's the other one? So here is where things get even more interesting, because there are other ringing rocks around the world. But there is one quality to Montana's ringing rocks that, at least as far as I can figure out, is unique. Here's our listener, Max Maxwell, again. And I've also been told if the rocks are moved from there, that they don't work. Whoa, that's weird. So if you take a rock out of the pile, it doesn't make a sound? Well, it'll still make a sound, but it's kind of weak. It's not the same nice ringing tone you get when you hit the pile. Does Steve Kwan have any ideas why that is? So it certainly has to be how they're suspended on one another with that space in between them. The really dense rock that makes up the pile was much more resistant to weathering and erosion than the rest of the rock around it. So that stuff eventually all weathered away, leaving these huge towers of rock until... Probably freeze-thaw weathering, a lot of it done during our last glaciation, say 10,000 years ago. As the glaciers built up and receded during the last ice age, those towers eventually cracked and crumbled into the boulder pile that we have now. Wind and rain then flushed out all the small stuff like soil and gravel. So that's why you have all this void space. Oh, so that void space is kind of like the hollow body of a drum or an acoustic guitar maybe, kind of allowing the sound to amplify and escape. Pretty much, yeah. So it seems that ringing rocks is this combination of the nice tight crystalline rock with the spaces in between to let it out. Different spaces, different size of boulders probably give you the different notes. But I should also say, this is just a hypothesis. It's Steve's and other scientists' best guess at why the rocks sound this way. You know, sort of geologically, scientifically, nobody's really been able to say for sure these rocks ring for this reason. Wow, so the mystery continues, but I'm struck by Steve bringing up different notes, and it has me wondering, John, has anyone tried to make music on these rocks? All right, Austin, you're going to have to pardon a pun here, but rock music is not anything new. There's actually a term for a rock instrument. It's called a lithophone. A really remarkable example is a thing called the Great Stalactite Organ. It's a giant instrument built into the rocks at the Luray Caverns in Virginia. They actually pressed a record of it back in the day. And here at the Ringing Rocks, Steve Kwan is actually working with the Butte Symphony to get some musicians and geologists up there together and see what they can do with it. Well, that just sounds incredibly cool. John, were you able to record any of that happening? Unfortunately, that event is not going to happen until the fall. But in order to not leave everybody with an unsatisfying cliffhanger, I grabbed a couple of hammers and tried to bang out a little ditty for us. We're going to see if we can get a little melody or something going with my very rudimentary percussion knowledge.
And I have to say, John, you play a mean rock. Thanks for trekking out to that big pile of boulders and bringing us this story. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks, Austin. Now we want to know what makes you curious about Montana. This show is all about answering your questions, so send them to us at mtpr.org slash big why. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts and help others find the show by sharing it and leaving us a review.